G'day Aussie Gridiron fans and welcome to another episode of G'day Gridiron. This is the week 14 preview show. We are down to the skinny end of the season. Just five game days left before playoffs. Uh, we've got quite a few teams on by this week. I had some very, very strong feelings about buy, buys towards the end of the season. I hate it. Hate it, and I'll go on record saying I hate it. And the NFL needs to stop it. Yeah, ruin the flow. Ruin the flow, doesn't it, man? John? It does. It does. Uh, I 100% agree. Look, firstly, hello everyone. Hello, Ian. It's it's good to be back on our fourth show of the week. Unprecedented oh, territory here. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised I've got time for four shows. To be honest, I haven't slept. This is the we're in the Aussie NFL fantasy territory. Four shows a week. That's incredible. That's about eight hours of podcasting I've done this week. So, look, I'm in my eighth hour. This is where my best work comes in is the eighth best hour. Or the, del- <laughs> the delusional work. So. Oh, no. Oh, no. One or the get... other. All right. So, look, firstly, like you said, the bye weeks. I mean, I, I don't want to bye week myself for my own podcasting. And neither would any NFL team at this stage of the season if you had to get me to get off a podcast right now, I'd be like, no, I, I can't do it. It's the big stages of the season. Look, there's only like four weeks of the season to go. Fantasy playoffs are going to start next week. So a few fantasy football owners need some wins from some guys. They need like Alvin Kamara to get a few touchdowns. Well, too bad. He's on a bye. Oh, they need Danny Christian Watson, their new gem, to get them into the first seed oh no sorry man he's on a bye too so yeah there's a few it's an annoyance both in real life when we're talking about teams being slowed down and as a fantasy manager you absolutely hate it because your favorite your best players can be on a bye when you have to win to get in the playoffs that's the worst thing so look for me i'm just i'm excited though there's a few good slates there's a few good games here and firstly shat Definitely, yeah, definitely in a few, quite a few good games. But yeah, just shout out to my auntie, by the way. She's she's down here from San Francisco, so we'll be watching a few of these games together as well. So it's going to be good, going to be a good weekend of football. See so, what we got an offer, Ian. Yeah, well, so by teams on buys: uh, Falcons, Bears, Packers, Colts, Saints, and the Commanders, uh, all on buys. So the teams we are left with. Um, uh, there's some couple of good matchups and some really weak stuff. So we're going to jump straight into a big divisional one, Jets v Bills, which is huge for that division. Um, if you've listened to our AFC and NFC race to the playoff specials, uh, you will know that we talked extensively about the Bills um, and especially the Jets and tossed up over this game. Um, the fact that it is, it could be so close because the Bills are very banged up uh, on both sides of the ball in terms of in terms of depth on the offensive side and defensive side now without um, star pass rusher Von Miller uh, and and his backup, so they're down to a third string uh, right right defensive end, isn't he? His right hand side, yeah, right defensive end. Um, they switched him around enough to confuse the offense. That's, that's why he's so good. Um, they're also they're also banged up on defense all over the place. 
Uh, and then, of course, you've got the woes of Josh Allen, the elbow, which we haven't really heard a lot about the last few weeks, but um, I have heard reports that it's definitely still there and they're sort of managing it week to week. Um, it's not something that's going to go away quickly, the yeah. type of injury he's got. So that is there. Uh, and then on the Jets' side, um, they've got still in the, the throes of a QB controversy, uh, most likely going with Mike White starting this game again over Zach Wilson, um, especially after the last two weeks of play where Mike White was pretty much phenomenal. Um, but they are also down some very key starters from the start of the season. So this was a very hard one to pick, mate. Um, mm. Looking good. It's going to be good, looking like a very, very good matchup. Bit disappointed that it's five AM game on seven mate in Australia. Uh not an ESPM game. I'm not fond of the seven mate games. Um because they Yeah, me neither. They always choose like the worst games for some reason, seven mate. I think ESPN gets the first pick of games and then oh, they would, seven yeah. mates gets the the rest and then they don't even get Sunday Sunday night football anymore. Man, that's a that's an episode in itself, I think, just talking about TV rights. <laughs> but for me, first up, Stefan Diggs versus Sauce Gardner. I'm excited to see that matchup. I just want to go there because, yeah, Sauce is just an absolute lockdown guy. Diggs is going to struggle against him. I mean, last week we saw Justin Jefferson struggle a little bit against Diggs, um, sorry, against Sauce Gardner and that defense. But for me, he did do pretty well against the Jets last time around. Five catches, 93 yards. I mean, a bulk of that happened on a 42-yard catch that I think was in the last couple of minutes when they were trying to get a huge comeback drive. But I think for me, it was just the revenge factor as well. The Bills and the Jets, they're going to they're gonna want to win both of them for sure and the Bills they lost that game very very closely to the Jets and this was a Jets team led by Zach Wilson back then as well Zach Wilson leading a game winning drive against them they they scored with only 22 seconds left and then Allen tried to come back but then the snap went over his head and all this stuff happened to him and then just absolutely just blew up in their faces. I think that was the week when the UCL injury came out as well of that game. So it's it's rough. It's it's a, been a bit of a rough ride for the Bills the last four weeks, if I can just try to speak a little bit normally. But look, they've just had a bit of a rough ride in the last four weeks. They've been a bit of an up and down sort of four weeks. I mean, they had the Vikings game, which is absolutely crazy. And then... They had the Browns game, which had to get moved to Detroit, and then they had to play Detroit in Detroit. So they played two games in a row in Detroit, and then they just demolished Patriots. That's been what's happened for the Bills since they literally played the Jets on November 7, our time, which was November 6. And for the Jets in that time, boy, there's been a lot happening for them too because after that game, that was Zach Wilson's last win for them. Then they lost to the Patriots on that last-second punt return. And then they made a quarterback change. They changed it. Mike White, yeah, they had a bye before that Patriots game, too. They changed it to Mike White uh, after that Patriots game. He came in, 
they smacked the Bears, and they lost closely to the Vikings. So now they're they're back here, both teams. They're back to face each other again. I think, yeah, definitely that Source Gardner versus Stephon Diggs matchup is huge in this game. Very much so. Um, yeah, and, and, I, I, and it's going to be first look. Yeah. yeah, and that's on one side. Uh, interestingly, stats-wise for the other side, uh, just having a quick look at um, a few Mike White stats. So he has um, gone over 300 passing yards uh, in the last two starts. So looking to probably try and make another. So, so three, um, three uh, games with three straight games with over 300 passing yards. But also, this is the second only the second time he's faced. Buffalo. The other one was this time last season, Ooh. where he threw four interceptions in a forty-five to seventeen loss. Uh, yeah, that game to Buffalo. So that was a big game. I think that was the one. I think he got benched again straight after that one. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, because he had that big game against the Bengals last year, and then they started against the Bills, and then just got absolutely demolished. I think. I think after that, they played a game against the Colts and then Mike White got either benched or injured and then Josh Johnson came in. Yeah, he got injured. injured, Yeah, that was a short week game. That's that's all I remember from the Jets last season. But for me, yeah, that's it. Like, the Jets, they need a better performance from Mike White than that. And they've got good... they got a way better receiving call than they had last year. Last year was just... Elijah Moore coming down the stretch, he was pretty good. And then they had, what, Corey Davis and Mims and these guys. But this year, adding to that, they've had Garrett Wilson. And Garrett Wilson's a huge breakout star. The last two weeks, especially, he's been going off. He had 162 yards against the Vikings. Very unlucky to not get a touchdown. They had a lot of red zone woes there, the Jets against the Vikings. And that's something... They need to fix when they're going up against the Buffalo Bills. Strangely enough, even the Buffalo Bills offense has red zone woes. They they throw a high number of picks. Josh Allen throws a high number of picks, and so does Mike White in the red zone compared to what we'd expect from them. Like that's really it's a really weird stat just looking at Josh Allen in the red zone because he's so good. Yet in the red zone, he's just He's kind of an interception machine at times. He just throws the weirdest interceptions straight to the defender. Like, I mean, you firstly look at Patrick Peterson's interception to win the game for the Vikings and even the, the two interceptions he had on Josh Allen to win that game. That That's a sign of the struggles that Josh Allen has had in the red zone so far this season. It's just, it's been a weird stat to just look at how Josh Allen fails to perform in the red zone. Yeah, I think that's. I think for both teams, this this game, it's going to come down to that red zone. It's going to come down to whoever's more efficient there, who can get the ball within inside the twenty yard line and then go on to score touchdowns, not just field goals, but touchdowns. That's that's a huge part of this game. Is can they capitalize on the red zone opportunities to win the game, get some touchdowns on the board? I think. For me, that's that's something that's gonna be it's gonna be looked at a lot this week for both coaches. Yeah, for sure. I'm seeing a big game for Jordan Poyer this week as well against Mike oh. White. Uh, he's currently on on four interceptions, riding high. 
Uh, yeah, he's an interception machine in so, a good way there. So he could get another. He could get another two or three against Mike White this week if he's lucky and Mike White is uh, plays poorly enough. So that could be an interesting thing to watch. Regardless, he's an amazing player back there uh, in the backfield for the Bills. Um, yeah, so I I agree with everything you said, mate, um, and obviously. Uh, we both picked the Bills here to beat Jets, didn't we? Yes. Yeah, we did. We yep. did in our AFC preview, and I think, I think that's the right call. I think that's the right call. And for me, I, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for for this one. But also, I'm a bit worried for the Jets, especially if they get blown out of the water in this game, because this is a big test for them. They've got to step up and play a hard, close game against the Bills because the Bills are definitely no pushovers. This is a team many expects to be in the Super Bowl conversation and even to win it. They've been everyone's preseason darlings. The Bills, they've got to just stamp their foot and just, they got to win no matter what the margin. But if they win big against the Jets, that's a huge statement win for them. I think it'll be a good sign of revenge as well because... The Jets, they're they're tough out, even though they're the Jets, who is a team that struggled throughout the season. But a game in Buffalo, you don't know what else to go with. You just got to remember that nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. (laughs) I have to bring out the Chris Berman reference. Absolutely not, mate. Because well, we got to. I reckon we let's let's move off that one from there. That is a great thing to end on um yeah we're going with some big predictions ian we bring that back or did that segment get ever rested uh i don't know we weren't doing so well <laughs> yeah fair enough fair enough but i just see uh, it in our show notes i'm like dang i must have some big predictions if you got some feel like throwing them out but i'm not going to force you probably the only one is i'm gonna i would lock jordan poyer in for at least a, at least an interception Ah, uh, yeah, put that one in. I reckon for me, uh, I'd put in, I, I'd go with Stefan Diggs getting over 75 yards and also a touchdown. That's what I'm going with. I'll put that one in for sure. I think, I think definitely Stefan Diggs is going to be, is going to have a good game despite being against Source Garner for a lot of it. Yep. Because, they're gonna have. They're gonna be creative. They're gonna move him around to get him like short yardages. I uh, yeah. I think they'll be creative with other guys, which usually then gets him open. And um, so like probably a bigger game for your Isaiah McKenzie's, for example. Yeah, that's it. He's another guy that could be huge. We saw him against Detroit have a huge game when when they were double teaming Stephon Diggs. So. I could see Isaiah McKenzie have a big game as well. So I definitely agree with that take there, Ian. Another receiver, Garrett Wilson, I think he's going to have a good game because they need him to have one. I'm going to give him 75-plus yards and a touchdown as well because he's been on a tear recently, and I'm excited. I'm excited for this kid. He's He's got a lot of potential, and he's really living up to it already as a rookie Eventually, they got to get Elijah Moore back into the passing game because he had such a good ending to last season. He's very hyped up for this season. 
and however just never gets the ball. So hopefully Elijah Moore can get a few touches in this one, really compliment Garrett Wilson and help out Mike White because that will be huge. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, all right, well, let's move off this. How about we go to Minnesota versus the Lions in Detroit? Ooh, yeah, this one. This one was a hot one. We we talked about the NFC preview. This one was a hot one for us to talk about. Because, man, they, this could go either way. We definitely think it could go either way. I do, for sure. I think it could go either way. Um, the Vikings are obviously 10-2 and two on a massive roll uh, at the moment. Um, a lot of 9-0 and in one-score games. Um, there's some huge... This is, uh, the the Lions actually lead the series record in this uh, by a long way to the Vikings. But the way the Lions have been playing, whilst it's been flashy, there's been a lot of points on offense, on offer. Uh, the couple of games the, the Vikings have played against teams who usually score big, they've still held them to a moderate amount, so around in the 20s. Um, and that's largely due to the defensive side of the ball for the Vikings, who have been absolutely clutch when they needed to be in big games um, and, and games that mean a lot to them uh, this season. Things that chips on shoulders, things that they needed to win, um, showing people what they who they are. So, example, like beating the Bills. Um, so there's beating the Packers in week one. There's beating the Bills. Uh, you know that they've been; they were two big ones, and this one is going to have a lot of meaning. If the Vikings get the win here over the Lions, they clinch the NFC North. Yeah, fed up this week, so it's a it's a big deal. It's a big one. Um, I think that'll also be the first team to officially clinch their division, if I'm correct. Mandy. Yeah, first team to clinch a playoff spot as well. Yes, so. Big, big deal here for the Vikings. I think they'll come out hard. Um, and I think that the defense is the thing that stands up and stands strong in those big times. Um, they'll come out hard and go stand strong. Um, really hoping for, for a good, clean game here from uh, Kirk Cousins. Uh, mm. Yeah, it has to get, they have to get. Obviously, you have to get Justin Jefferson involved in the play somehow. But interestingly enough, they've still won games when they haven't gone just Jefferson here uh, because they've used him as a decoy, because they've used him just on the route runs, and then they will go um, underneath to other receivers. So uh, KJ Osborne, Adam Thielen. And then there's the big one for this for this week, it's a bit of a revenge game of sorts. Oh yeah, for um, for Hawkinson, for TJ Hawkinson, who of course uh, was traded from the Lions mid-season to the Vikings. Um, that's going to be a big game for him. He was a touchdown scoring machine at the Lions. Uh, interestingly enough, he I, think he I was reading a stat the other day. He's third in all tight ends this season in touchdowns, touchdown receptions. Yeah. Um, look for and, and Kevin O'Connell loves those kind of big things uh, and helping his players out and pumping his players up I expect and here's a big prediction straight up 
definitely a TD to TJ Hawkinson against the Lions this week. Um, they're definitely going to be a revenge game TD. They're going to try and get that for him, I'd say. Um, yeah, 100%. And how about this for an additional factor? In the 2022 NFL Draft, in the first round, the Lions traded up to the 12th pick. They traded Minnesota to get that. And they picked up Jamison Williams, who only just got activated last week, who made his debut against the Jaguars. Only He only had the one target, didn't get the catch on that one. So he'll be hoping for a bit of a, I wouldn't say revenge game, but it's it's more of a weird, a weird game where it's just they have the connection with that pick. So there's another factor, just that recent draft day, draft day trade that they've had and both Jamison Williams and TJ Hawkinson just moving parts. I mean, I know TJ was a later trade, but they've just done they've just done two deals, these two teams, in the last couple of years. In the last year, sorry. And yep. then they've just actually they're gonna meet up again when when both of these players are actually activated against the other team for the first time. So I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see Jamison Williams in this offense, but I don't think he'll have that big of a role again because he's still coming back from ACL tear. I think for me, Patrick Peterson, I'm on Ross St. Brown. That's a huge matchup big, on that yep, side definitely. of the ball. Yeah, we talked about I'm on Ross St. Brown has been a, a the makings of a megastar this season. Yeah, yeah, he could be a superstar very soon. The next. Megatron. I think if he just doesn't leave Detroit, he could actually be a pretty good receiver for them up there with Megatron as one of the best wide receivers in Lions history. It's a long way to go before we can say that, though. Starting with this week, I think Peterson, he's got to really slow down Alvin Ross St. Brown because St. Brown's had just such a good season. He's, he's really coming back. He had a few weeks off due to injury and then he had a few weeks where he had to just find his feet again after that injury and then he's just really come back the last month or so and just been again what we saw at the start of the season an absolute monster in the past game and I think Jared Goff he's really benefited from that he had a few slow weeks as well himself where he didn't get much done in the past game he had that Patriots game where they absolutely destroyed the Lions and then from there, the Lions just really struggled. But recently, they've really come back. They had, what, four out of the last five they've won. So they've just been absolutely incredible. They had the one loss they had was just to the Bills, who who they almost pulled that one off. They almost pulled that one off against the Bills. And they feel like they're going up against a similar sort of opponent in the Vikings who are just a team that's, up there in the Super Bowl contention. They're going to have to win this one to really be in the one seed. But the Lions, they know that they almost beat the Bills. They can win here against the Vikings because everything can happen. We've seen this season. It's just been a season where anything can happen. And I think for me, the Lions, this is a home game for them. They really want to show out after just dropping that one to the Bills a couple of weeks ago, they want to come back home after a big win against the Jaguars. They want to, they really want to stamp their foot and say that, yeah, we're a team that can actually make a playoff run. We're a team that can actually 
get into the playoffs like we projected them to be in the NFC playoff prediction episode we just did. It's going to be it's going to be a fun game, Ian. I think. Yeah, it's definitely big for them in the division too. It's not just all about the Vikings in the division. Um, yeah, the, the Lions are at five and seven, just ahead of the Packers at the moment, um, based on divisional record. Um, so they uh, a win here for the Lions uh, can put them, I think, probably firm them almost for second place in the division. Um, yeah, yeah, so it'll be. It's definitely it's it's definitely not they're not just um they're not playing sheep stations it's, it's they're definitely out there it's definitely a big game for both sides um yeah they don't need to like they don't need to lose the Lions they know that because no. the Rams they're on their first round pick and the Rams they they're doing they haven't done well I mean we saw today they we were recording Friday by the way we saw the today what the Rams did against the against the Raiders but. For me, I think, I think the Lions know that that there's only gonna have to win. They just know they're gonna win. There's no point in losing. There's no point in getting a draft pick when you already got a top ten draft pick, almost guaranteed at this point. So yeah, I, I can agree. I think the Lions have everything to play for now. They know they're actually a team that can contend. They might be a couple pieces away from a Super Bowl championship sort of contention roster, which is a big call for me, but if they can drop well next year, they're definitely up there. This year it's a huge step in the right direction if they're actually competing for playoffs in Dan Campbell's second season. That's that's huge. That's huge for the entire franchise, entire franchise history, the trajectory of where the franchise is going. I think I think that's huge for the for the Lions, they they need this one for sure. Yeah, definitely big, definitely big. Um, got any predictions? Oh yeah, I think I think the Lions are going to win this one, and that's that's a huge call. I did say in the NFC predictions. I think my big prediction: Lions. I'm going one to seven. They're winning one to seven. I think Amon Ross and Brown has a huge game. I, I'm gonna go a hundred yards, hundred plus yards, and I'm gonna say a TD at least, because he's gonna be a massive part of that pass game. If they're gonna win, like I said, they need Amon Ross and Brown to have a massive, massive day. I, I'm I'm gonna go with it. I think Amon Ross and Brown is the go-to guy there. Meanwhile, Justin Jefferson, he's the go-to guy for the. For the Vikings, I think he'll have a similar sort of day. I think I think Justin Jefferson, he's going to have 100 yards and a TD as well. And, yeah, I know I'm going to probably mess up most of these predictions just adding up TDs, but I just want to show everyone where where I really see these teams at, where, these, where I see where these receivers are at and what their roles could be in this game. I think Phelan could have... A huge day as well against that secondary. That that line secondary hasn't always been the best, but I think I think the Vikings know that as well. So Adam Phelan's seventy-five plus yards, I, I reckon, is in the bank for sure because he's he's definitely shown he's gonna have a good a good sort of day most of the time. 
Yep. Well, I already said TJ Hawkinson with a, a TD. Uh, the other thing I was that's probably sort of going for in terms of prediction would be Aiden Hutchinson to get at least one sack uh, on Kirk Cousins. Aiden Hutchinson has six for the season so far. Um, he has been pretty solid for the Lions, uh, whereas the the O-line of the Vikings has been very lacking, uh, particularly mm. over the last couple of weeks. And definitely in that Jets game, just gone week 13, uh, yeah. where they had some massive problems. So I would I would say Aiden Hutchinson with a sack for sure. But yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I agree with that one. I think one more prediction for that one, I can see it being the highest scoring game of the week. Because I think this is going to be an absolute shootout. This is one game that I don't think anyone should be missing it. Well, it's not going to be the lowest because the Broncos are still playing football. Oh, yeah, definitely not. (laughs) Yeah, the the Broncos, the team we shall not name, just weigh that shit down so badly. Even if they're playing against the Chiefs, they're going to weigh that score down very badly. Yep. Um, All right. Well, move along. Man job, man job, man job. Tell us about... Buccaneers 49ers. Yeah, this is huge. This is massive. This is a game where everything, legacies are on the line. That's for sure. In his um, first... yeah, don't build it up too much. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> let, let, let's, no, let's I'm kidding. Go easy. for it. Shoot for, shoot for the stars, mate. Go. All right. In a national TV window in the America's Game of the Week on Fox. We have Tom Brady, the GOAT, the greatest quarterback to ever play the game of American football, the greatest quarterback that's ever lived. Seven Super Bowl titles, more titles than any franchise in history. He just led a comeback on Monday Night Football against the Saints. A lot of momentum coming for the Bucks. They're just building as a team. Brady's starting to find his groove, three wins in a row. Tom Brady's just trying to get back in the playoffs. He knows once he's in there, there every chance of winning a Super Bowl because you know what? They have Tom Brady, and when they have Tom Brady, you know that they're every chance of winning it for sure. And on the other side, on the other side, there is a quarterback making his first ever NFL start. Kevin Relief. Number 262 in the draft, Mr. Irrelevant. Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, making his first ever NFL start. He only has to look to the other side of the field to just see who is across from him, where he began his career. Tom Brady, he he was a six-round pick himself. Pick 199 in the 2000 NFL draft. It was a lot of teams. Every team, including his own Patriots, passed on him. Now he's a Buccaneer. Even they passed on him. And his first ever game in his hometown, San Francisco, now Santa Clara, obviously, but in his hometown of San Francisco against his favorite team growing up, the San Francisco 49ers. He comes back as a Buccaneer, somehow has never played against the Niners 
in San Francisco. The, the only time his team has actually been scheduled to play. So tw- 2008, they, they were actually, they played the Patriots against the Niners. Brady tore his ACL out for the year. The other time I was really looking forward to it was definitely, it was it was 2020. No, no, it was 2016. Yeah, Brady against the Niners. That was a bit of a letdown there. But, yeah, they just absolutely thrashed him. But this is a homecoming for Brady against his his favorite team. And I think there's a lot of animosity still. Brady is that sort of guy that keeps a grudge. And, look, he's already been the Niners at home in 2016, but... He knows this is a better Niners team than that trash ass 2016 team that won like two games that season. This is a Niners team, best defense in the league, led by the defensive player of the year, in my opinion, Nick Bosa. We, we don't want to go in that argument again, but Nick Bosa won the defensive player of the year contenders. He's going to be going against the Buccaneers offensive line. That's a bit banged up. They haven't started the same guys. They lost four out of their five starters from last season through retirements or injuries or free agency. So Bosa getting back his pass rushing partner in Eric Armstead. They've still got good rotational guys off the other side of the edge in Samson Ebukam and Drake Jackson. This is going to be a nightmare for the Buccaneers offensive line to block, to be honest, because... Man, that's a lot of dudes you got to block. Not just Bosa. You probably got a double team Bosa, but then Armstead's coming up the middle. And then you're like, oh shit, okay. What do I do now? And then you got all these rotational guys coming in. Even a defensive tackle like Kevin Gibbons and Jordan Willis and all of these guys, they're, they're coming through the middle as well. So a lot of team, a lot of teams will have nightmares. The Buccaneers definitely wanted them. It's, it's going to be one of those games where the Niners, if they stop the run against Lenny and the Saints, and if Brock Purdy comes out and he just plays absolutely the best game of his life, he just plays balls to the wall pretty much, what he did last week against the Dolphins, just absolute, he just went off against the Dolphins at the end when they worked out how to go against the Blitz. And that's the other thing about this. Todd Bowles, Buccaneers head coach now, their former defensive coordinator, he's he's a very good blitzer. He knows when to put those blitzes in. He knows there's a young quarterback in, in Brock Purdy, his first ever NFL start. And against Tom Brady, quarterbacks who made the first NFL start, 0-6 against Brady throughout NFL history. So that's another thing in Brock Purdy's disadvantage, I'd say, is he's going up against the GOAT. So there's a lot going on here. I mean, Niners... it's, a, it's a massive... This is a massive game for Brock Purdy. I can it imagine is. it's going to be hard to keep Brock Purdy from being starstruck or awestruck facing... Uh, looking over to the other sideline and seeing Tom Brady. Uh, yeah. Interesting enough, Brock Purdy was four months old when Tom Brady was drafted to the Patriots in the year 2000. It's crazy. That's so, crazy. Yeah, he 
He's 22 years old. Brady's in his 23rd 40, season. Yeah, yeah, Brady's 45. So Brock Purdy was born 27th of December, 1999. Uh, oh. Yeah, so essentially not long. Uh, can't find the exact date, but it was not long around when uh, Bill Belichick resigned as the... Yeah, I think the, that was January 2000. That yeah, was always, that, they said they, they do say December, but I'm not sure whereabouts. But um, yeah, he resigned on the hap, napkin, and yep. then he went to the Patriots, and yep. the rest was history, as they said. So, but, but yeah, four months old he was when Tom Brady was was drafted to the Patriots in the year 2000. So it's crazy. It's going to be very hard, I would say, to keep Brock Birdie's feet on the ground. Uh, 100%. And and Shanahan and his coaches obviously need to do that um, to be able to get the best from him. But he seems like a guy. He seems like a guy who can execute the plan to what it should be, um, that who can who can really do some things with the ball. Um, so it, it's going to be a, a very interesting watch, the 49ers' offensive side of the ball, um, just to see how Brock Purdy does from the outset as a starter in the NFL. Uh, and certainly, I think this game go, will go a long way to showing whether or not he can actually cut it as a top NFL quarterback as well. Yeah, 100%. And look, he's just a rookie. Let, let's let's put that out of the way. He's Mr. Irrelevant, as they say, the last pick in the 2022 NFL draft. So if he can even stay in contention with a guy like Tom Brady who's known to destroy rookie quarterbacks, guys in their first NFL start, that's, that will show a lot, a lot of promise for a guy like Brock Purdy. Like, for example, we saw Justin Herbert, his first ever NFL start, he had to go up against none other than Patrick Mahomes. He pulled his own. He just, no one expected him. I mean, he, he was a top draft pick, obviously. This is a different end of the spectrum. But he was literally called out to play like minutes before when Tyrod Taylor punctured his long pregame. And he came out and delivered. Same thing last week, I guess, with Brock Purdy. He's going up against a pretty good quarterback in Tua. And he out-dueled Tua, Tonga Valor. He was just absolute. He was pretty good, Purdy, apart from the interceptions he threw. He was very good. He was very good. I was very impressed, especially against the Blitz. He made some very, very gutsy throws over the middle. Uh, I love that one he threw over the middle for the first down, third down to Kittle when they sent like eight guys at him. It was actually six guys, sorry. Six guys and there was five guys blocking and there's always going to be one free rusher. There was actually two free rushes. He finds Kittle over the middle. I see I see other players where he's using his mobility just watching the tape this week of Brock Purdy, obviously, you know I'd be watching some tape because I need to know about my new quarterback here. So he's just rolling around the pocket. He's he's probably better mobility-wise than Jimmy Garoppolo has been since that ACL injury in 2018. He's been he was moving around that pocket very, very well. I was very impressed by Brock Purdy. Love Niners Pants using a new nickname for him. Don't know if I can really re- relay it here for you, Ian, but it's it's a funny one. It's a funny one. Uh, it's probably more suited for Aussie NFL fantasy, but I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, you know what it is. But look, Purdy, 
he definitely has those sort of he definitely has everything. I think the locker room around him is really around him as well. They're really there for their their guy. Like Kittle and Shanahan and these guys have been talking about how brave he's been, how much he's been working and how well he's been doing. I think if Brock Purdy, if this is the start of a good career for him, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. If it's with the Niners or not with the Niners, I'm I'm just happy for Brock Purdy if he gets his chance here. If he can go on, maybe get a playoff run under his belt already as a rookie, that's huge. That's huge for his career. His career stock will go up a lot. But it all starts here against the Buccaneers. Uh, in a nationally televised game against Tom Brady of all quarterbacks. And that's I can't hype this up enough. I, I can't actually wait for this game. I'm I'm as as a Niners fan, I'm every bit as nervous as anyone for this game. I'm probably more nervous than Brock Purdy is, to be honest. The the confidence of that kid is very, very high, but I'm probably more nervous just Good. Well, knowing obviously, obviously you're picking the 49ers then. So yeah. Let's um end what by a score, I'd say seven plus. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah, I could probably, I could probably, I'd probably say Niners. I go Niners one to seven. I know on the NFC show, I was actually against the Niners as in the Buccaneers, but good thing we did the preview show because oh boy, I'm betting against Tom Brady. That I, <laughs> I know this is going to blow up against my face now that I say it. I know the Buccaneers are winning now that I say this, but look, I, I like I like what the Niners can do in defense. That's what I'm looking at. It's not just the Brock Purdy versus Tom Brady sort of show. I think this is the Niners' defense against Tom Brady because Tom Brady, he's played against a lot of great defenses. He probably knows all the great defensive coverages. I know D'Amico Ryans, the 49ers defensive coordinator, knows that Tom Brady knows that because D'Amico even played against Tom Brady back in the day when he was on the Texans. So he knows that Tom Brady, what Tom Brady can do on the field. So we, we don't know, like Bosa, he's definitely out there as one of the generational pass rushes. This has to be a big game from Bosa, a big game from Armstead and the guys up front. Fred Warner, he's got to have a, a good day against the run. Drake Greenlaw as well. They, they've done well in pass coverage, the Niners. I think this is this is a good thing. The advantage for the Niners, I didn't really touch on this enough, but they can rush four, and that's as good enough as blitzing. They can rush four, drop seven guys back in coverage. That's as good enough as blitzing for other teams. Like the Dolphins, they sent everyone to Purdy. The Niners only need to send four guys because Bosa's absolute beast. He can get the pressures. Armstead's an absolute beast. They got rotational no, guys everywhere. They're absolutely. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you and this is this is where your theory about Nick Bosa falls down is this week. Because it doesn't matter if you're Nick Bosa. You're not getting to Tom Brady. There has <sighs> not been there's been you could probably count on one hand the amount of pockets that have collapsed around Tom Brady and forced him into a into a uh, a bad throw or a sack even. He just doesn't – he rarely gets sacked. He rarely gets pressured. The man fires off that ball in 0.2 of a second if he needs to. Um, yeah. It's just there. So, big prediction, Van Dot. Hit, hit me. 
Let's go. Yes, I said nine is one to seven. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Brock Purdy, man. I need to put a big one for my boy. My new boy here. I think I think Purdy for me, he's gonna have a huge day. I think I'm gonna go two hundred and fifty plus passing yards. And I know that's a huge call. That's a huge call. And I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two plus touchdowns. Uh, I'm yeah. Ben against Brady again. Purdy, but 250 passing yards is definitely in the realm. We saw last week they they threw him out there over nearly like 40 times, nearly 40 passing attempts. They were like, okay, Purdy, go out there, throw that ball, man. Throw that ball. And then he goes out there, he does his job, he wins the game. And I think that's what I like to see. I think the confidence in this young man is very huge. That's that's what I want to see. I want to see Purdy just just sling it. That's all I want to see. Awesome. If the Niners go down, they got to go down slinging. I think. Wonderful. But, Anything else quickly? Yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna go with. I'm gonna go with CMC. He's gonna have. I, I think. Too. I'm gonna go 75 receiving yards for him. Oh, you got specifically receiving yards. Yeah, and that's that's a weird one, but I think. Well, I've gone so yards I've up gone, to catch. I've gone CMC seventy five rush yards. Yeah. Oh, I I can see both happening to be honest because I reckon I, I'm I'm happy that if we go the TDs can be either he just gets a TD. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. We can go, split that. Thing. You're going receiving yards. I'm going rush yards. So that's yeah, be an interesting one. Yeah, so just quickly on that one, I know I'm taking up so much time talking about this. I'm well, just excited. Well, I think you have way too much time on the forty dollars right now. Yeah, look, CMC. He's that half guy. Of our, who can half of our one him. listener is turned off, right? <laughs> yeah, the the other half is just listening while you're sleeping. So, <laughs> or, or she or Dave are sleeping. But yeah, look, the the short passing yards, that's where it's going to be. CMC, the yards after catch, that's really going to help them. Last week, he had a huge day again, and he just absolutely was. The difference, I reckon, in that Dolphins game was CMC being able to be used as a checkdown bow for Brock Purdy. And same thing with Jimmy. That's why I was very happy when CMC was traded to the Niners because, uh, look, man, I'm wearing CMC's jersey right now. Full disclaimer. Like, I, I just got his jersey yesterday, so I'm expecting a good game from him. So let me just be, let me put that one out there as a good, good ender to that discussion. Yeah. Um. Yeah, well, that's there's only one for me. It was just CMC seventy five rush yards. Um, I'm happy to stick with that one. I think. Now, yeah. You expressed a want to talk about Dolphins charges. Yeah, I, I really think don't, I really don't want to talk about Dolphins charges, but I will for the purpose of this program. Um, program. Uh, yeah. Because to me, Dolphins are going to absolutely blow out the Chargers this week. It is, of course, um, Sunday night football game. Not sure whether they have a flex this one. I guess they are two pretty big markets, two very flashy. Well, it's better than the other choice they had. So, uh, yes and no. Could have flexed Tom Brady and the 49ers against the 49ers into. Yeah, I think Fox would have protected that game either way. Oh, they would have, definitely. But. Um, the NFL needs to take control over some of those media outlets more too, though. But that's just here and there. Uh, <laughs> I actually think I actually think it's the right choice because 
it's not necessarily the Dolphins, it's the Chargers. If you look at the most recent games, they had a last second field goal win against the Falcons. They lost a close one to the Niners by six points. They lost to the Chiefs on the last se- in the last seconds on on that Kelsey catch, and then they beat the Cardinals the next week on a two point conversion on the final play. And then they just lost a close one to the Raiders. So, I for the TV entertainment factor, the Chargers are probably the right team. You know, they're the team that can actually play it close. Their last five games have all been thrillers. They are, he, they are only three-and-a-half-point uh, underdogs to the Dolphins here as well. And that's there's the reason why, because they always play it close. Win or lose, the Chargers, they're always going to play a close game. I don't know the Chargers fans, how they just absolutely survive in just these Chargers games. The amount of, the, the amount of uh, I don't know, the amount of just heart attacks and just stress levels and everything watching this Chargers team must be through the roof, especially going for them. It, I, I like the Chargers too. Uh, they're a team I like. I like the Dolphins as well. The two teams I like. So I think this could be a real offensive sort of game because the, both teams are just loaded with talent. Like Herbert versus Tua. You got that storyline, right? But Tua was selected ahead of Herbert by one pick in the 2020 draft. That's a huge storyline. Both quarterbacks want to prove, hey, I was the better quarterback in that 2020 draft, not you. I was the I was the best one. No, I was. But yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's one storyline for you. You got the receivers like Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, Jalen Waddle, Josh Palmer. Yes, I'm hyping up Josh Palmer because he's he's a guy like you got Eckler in the backfield. You got Mostert and Wilson for the Dolphins. There's a lot of star power here, and I think you're really sleeping on this matchup because there's a lot of there's a lot of star power on both teams. There's a lot of teams that, that sorry, there's a lot of players that could have big games, and this is actually one which could end up in a shootout. My Vikings vs Lions high scoring game of the week prediction might actually be beaten by this game specifically. This is the only other game I could see really being a threat to that. Because that, is, that, that actually is the, my number one big prediction for this game, is that this game will be the highest scoring game of the week. Oh, okay. All right. Um, and plenty yeah. of people agree. The line for this one in, in betting terms is set at 52 and a half yeah. uh, for over-under. So that's a, that's a big amount. Um, I'm picking this one for that. Um, that's a fair one. That's a fair one. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm not, I don't think I'm totally sleeping on this game. I'm just I'm not that interested to watch the Chargers when they start playing badly, uh, which is yeah. my problem. Um, Fair enough. I am down 100 percent to watch the Dolphins play uh, flashy, good looking uh, football, which they definitely have been doing. Uh, I'm down to watch Tua make ridiculous throws that not many others could make. Uh, down to watch Tyreek Hill run, um, well, they run stupid speeds. Uh, over 100 yards because he'll basically go from uh, end zone to end zone if he needs to. Um, I'm down to watch Jalen Waddle get all of the TDs <laughs> that just yeah. in normal terms would be the WR1s, but they can even get to, to Jalen Waddle, um, who surprisingly is, is not even in the conversation for uh, rookie of the year, uh, offensive rookie of the year at the moment either. Um, oh, Waddle. Yeah. 
Oh no, he's a second year guy. Oh, he's no. twenty twenty one, wasn't it? Sorry. I'm, yeah, those, nah, COVID, it's all good, those COVID years are messing me up still. Um, no, nah, it's all good. I think yeah. everyone can agree. Like the last three years have probably been one huge year, but yes, they have been one, one huge nightmare. But yes, he he's been a dude. Uh, he's catching all kinds of TDs everywhere, as we've said before. He seems to be the finisher to um to Tyreek Hill's uh big explosive yard catches uh and runs. So I'm down for that. So yeah, I'm not sleeping on it entirely. I'm just I don't know what else I would watch, to be honest. Although twelve twenty on a Monday, it, it's usually about the time where I have to go. Uh, time to do some work. Um. Because that's getting to be a too big, too bad a habit. I don't have all of Monday just to watch football, unfortunately. Yeah, um, so You're not like me. You're not like me. Um, I have too much free time on my hands. That's I think Waddle. Much. Yeah, Waddle though. He has he had one catch for nine yards last week against the Niners. He he wants to get quite weak. Yeah, get a bit more. I think this is going to be a bounce back game for him. Look, I'm I'm going to put it in. I think. I think I'm going to put in Waddle. He's going to have 75-plus receiving yards. I think Waddle is the guy that that's going to get there. And Hill's the guy, too. I think both of them. I think both of them are going to get over 75 receiving yards. I mean, Hill's, Hill's going to have over 100. I'm going to go with that because well, yeah, 75 same, same is as way me. too low, man. Same as me. I had Hill for 100 yards, uh, Waddle for just one TD. I didn't go with the yards for Waddle because yeah, you can't go with a TD for Hill because he doesn't catch too many, to be honest. But yeah, no. yeah and I, I'm I'm actually excited. I'm I like this. I like this matchup a lot, and I think I think there could be there could be real. I, I don't want to say it in this way, but there could be like real game of the year vibes if this game just goes like if it goes to its full potential. If both teams are just playing absolutely well, this could be a game of the year contender. But yeah. that that's a long shot. I know you're definitely saying like the Dolphins have a better chance of winning, that's for sure. But I think the Chargers, they'll play it close. I'll go Dolphins one to seven. That's just I feel like that's just too safe of a pick for me. To really say is a big prediction, but I'm gonna say yeah. it. Dolphins one to seven. Fair enough. Right. Well, I mean, there's not much We'll know. We'll know by the end of the week. It, so we'll know by Tuesday when we go to have a chat again on our recap episode uh, whether or not it was a big game or not, won't we? So yeah, that's the time. The time will definitely tell. Um, I can't see too much else here to talk about unless you've got some pressing issues on any other games you want to have a quick chat about. But yeah, or everything else seems very one-sided. It uh, does. It does. I mean, other games. Eagles, just run through Eagles, them. Giants, maybe. Uh, could be yeah. good. Giants have been pretty lackluster, though, coming out of their bye. Eagles are probably going to run away with it. They're probably really yeah. sharp the Giants as the frauds that they are. I should say. I agree. Frauds is very but, negative, and it's, I don't want to be inherently negative. Um, yeah, Ravens-Steelers. Kind of <clears throat> that's the one. That's the Raven next Steelers, matchup. It's going to be a good matchup. It's going to be a very good matchup. Um, and I can see it's probably having a bit of chat about that uh, on the recap show. Because I expect that to be a good game. Uh, Tyler Huntley, Huntley or Huntley? Yeah. Hunt, Hunt, Huntley. Yes, you got it right. Huntley you got started, it right. Yeah. So Tyler Huntley starting over Lamar, uh, who is out injured. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can see that this being a big game. Um, 
I, I was expecting Steelers to win this, as we talked about yeah. on our AFC show. I agree, because Pickett, he's actually becoming more reliable. He hasn't gotten to his full... I don't think we've seen the full potential Pickett, but against a lacklustre Ravens secondary, could be every chance. He's a dude, so... He was big chance, big, big chance. Big um, chance of showing his potential, yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, Browns, Bengals. Bengals are going to light him up, as we talked yeah, about. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, week two for Deshaun Watson. It's not going to be a good week. Um, and likewise, Cowboys, Texans. <laughs> Man, the Cowboys, Battle of Texas. Battle of I Texas, think and they the are. The Governor's Cup, yes, that's what it's called. Their rivalry is actually called the Governor's Cup. The Texas governor gives them Cowboys a could play. Cowboys could potentially play all backups in this game and still romp away with it. Yeah, they could start what? They could start Cooper Rush and Zeke. I mean, is Zeke's the backup at this point. Then they could start... I mean, they could get James Washington off IR and... I'll tell you what, if they're destroying them at halftime, they may as well just rest Dak and put Cooper Rush in. Yeah, I think that's it. That's what that's what the Dolphins did a couple of weeks Just ago. Protect him, protect him going forward. Like you have yeah. to, because you've got bigger matchups to come. Yeah, can. Dolphins did that a couple of weeks yeah. ago against the Texans. So, look, every bit of a possibility this could happen. This Cowboys team being warm, very hot right now. After that win against the Colts, I expect a big victory from the Cowboys. Could be the biggest blowout of the week. I'm going to put that one on out there as a big prediction. Cowboys biggest blowout. Biggest buy of the week. Actually, they've had two this year, this season. Did you know last yeah. week's fifty-four to nineteen wasn't the biggest point spread win that they've had this season? Oh, was it? Wait, did that one was? Go on. Dang, wait. It's got to be. It's got to be. Is it the Lions game they had? No. It's oh, when dang. they. It's when they demolished the Vikings. Oh, yeah. damn it! Yeah, dang. I man, I don't know how I. How I forgot that one. So that was actually their bigger. That was a bigger point spread than than the game last week. So uh, Titans Jags. Um, <laughs> I expect the Titans to have have a bit of fire in the belly this week uh, and come back and really want to prove some points and absolutely smash the Jags. Um, I expect some of the Jags to do well. Uh, Lawrence will still do well, um, but. He's getting very limited on weapons right now, um, and they just they just don't seem to be gelling week after week after week. It's very sporadic, if that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I get what you mean. It's so, it's a lopsided rivalry as well. It's yeah. been it's been years and years it and has, years. So, so Titans will go away, run away with that, of course. Uh, They've only away. got the one win. The Jags have only got one win against the Titans since 2017. So, well, look, that's the, they've got the water on them. I think the Titans. History of water under the bridge is, tells you that that's where it's going. Uh, yeah, he's got to buy Taylor a six-pack of beers. That's what I'm like. They have Why a are they bet. even making that bet? They have a bet every single I wouldn't even be making that bet. I don't even know yeah. why they're making that bet. Maddie, come on, man. You gotta you gotta be a bit smarter there, man. Um <laughs> Chiefs Broncos, gotta be a blowout. Chiefs are gonna destroy him. Uh yeah. Panthers, Seahawks, Gino is very strong right now. Uh Gino yeah. and Seahawks are gonna do in uh the Panthers for sure. Sam Easy. Darnold starting? Is Sam Darnold? Yeah, starting? I think he's still starting. I think he's yeah. still starting. And 
Boy, no, they're not going to keep up with the Seahawks. Let's just be honest. Dave. No, they're not. They are not. Not by the end of the game. No way. Uh, and yeah, the other one is Monday night, Monday night football. Uh, Pats, Cardinals. Pats will um, just grind the Cardinals into dust, I think. Yeah, it's, it's just too good. I think the Patriots, they'll end the Cardinals season this week. I think the Cardinals on the brink of playoff elimination. I saw on a graphic. Yep. The Cardinals season's ending this week. No, Let's just did. get them out of there. Yeah, some dead birds after this weekend. All right. Well, that's us, mate. Yeah, it uh, is. Another big, big week. Let's see how we go next week. Maybe we might do four shows again. Maybe we might not. Uh, <laughs> you'll have to tune in to find out. Of course, you can find everything at our socials, uh, at G'day Gridiron on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you can find Manjot on your game day for all your thoughts uh, and reactions at Pastry Press NFL. Um, and apart from that, go check out some other dudes and watch a lot of NFL. And, uh, oh, you know what? Go check out some Aussie football this weekend. Yeah. We're going to be on about the same time You, you this will be out and you listen to it. But if not, if you listen to this beforehand, um, Check out some uh, check out online because I believe there are quite a few bowl games being streamed live. Yeah, there is. There uh, is. So New South Wales to the the Gridiron Australia page. They've been posting about just about every one of them, and which feeds yeah. which feeds aware. So go and check that out. Uh, probably check it out anyway because you'll probably find some replays or um, some some non live some recorded stuff, uh, and check out some Aussie content. Because uh, it is good, there are some up and comers and some some kids that are looking to make make it overseas eventually uh, into the big leagues, into college and the NFL. So uh, go check that out. Um, yeah. Also, yeah, on that local ground front, did see a story this week from the Croydon Rangers, the Victorian club, one of their players having cancer. So just want to shout out to Anthony. Hopefully, he gets better soon, man. He's he's a good football player from what I've heard. So hopefully he has a good hopefully he has a good recovery. Hopefully he can everyone can raise funds for him. There's huge GoFundMe and everything going on for him right yeah. now. So I'm hoping everything goes well. Huge games across the country, New South Wales, Queensland, South Australia, all in the bowl games. Victoria in their finals. I think it's the elimination semifinals for them. And the ACT, our final regular season game. Bit of a dead rubber, but still check it out for our commentary because me and Maddie, you never know what we're going to say on there. <laughs> that's for sure. So, look, if there's any reason you need to check it out, that's you can always check it out for me. I mean, yeah, a- every view just helps us. And on the road to nationals, hopefully, me and Ian on Good Day Gridiron, we can get a few more analysts and get few few of the local gridiron stuff yeah, going. We definitely want to get a bit more local content going. Uh it was a big thing that we wanted to do this uh with this show. So uh it hasn't quite come off this season so far, uh just because of our time schedules and working out exactly what we're doing and where we're sort of fitting in and, and how we're doing the show. Yeah. Uh which we are massaging still every single week uh, and just being fluid. Um yeah, we've had so many unique ideas, though. I'm, yeah. I'm excited. I'm yeah, excited for the future. We'll get there for sure, so eventually. 
Apart from that, anyway, we're waffling on. We must go. We're waffling on because it is very late. So we must go. Uh, thank you very, very much for listening. Uh, and goodbye. Thank you, everyone.